What's up, guys? Welcome into the first episode of College Football Uncensored. It is our new podcast here at STS uh, with yours truly, Chris Marler, and my good friend, Tyler Huck, who I think some of you have met before. Um, Tyler, introduce yourself, man. Hey, I'm Tyler Huck. God, this is What's up, guys? Hey, I just wanted everyone to know, I hope you liked the intro song. Um, little known fact... <laughs> I think it's also the same song uh, that is used in a commercial for Myrtle Beach, the the, the city. Uh, Chris alerted me of this the other night via text message. Um, so yeah, I ch- I chose that. Uh, had not seen the commercial yet, but pretty good. Yeah. You could have just said like your age, like sex and location, like we were on AIM. I, I don't know why he did throw in all ASL. that. Still a little bit, a little bit jaded and peeved because you picked one song to choose from. I picked <laughs> roughly twelve, and. Uh, I'd say immediately everyone agreed with your song choice, including the good people of Myrtle Beach. So if you love airbrush t-shirts and tetanus, you are going to love this podcast or at least the intro song. So a lot of you might be kind of confused because, you know, there's a different podcast in the same feed with SDS. You've been wondering where I've been. I've been on an eat, pray, love mission. Just well, mainly an eat, just been eating a lot. Um, And we've been working on some new projects for 2021. And this is one of them. So if you've been listening to the SCS pod, Connor uh, probably already mentioned that he is doing, we're doing separate pods. He's doing more serious um, long form interviews and, and, and fun stuff like that. And then we're going to be talking college football and um, saying bad words, but having a lot of fun while doing it and not taking, uh, taking it as serious. So you'll have the best of both worlds, but there will be, it'll be in this feed for the time being. And then we will start transitioning into our own feed um, I don't know what that means. These are all just technical terms. I was, I was told my boss to say, so check out the feed and, um, you know, you know, rise and grind. Is that right? Am I doing this? Right? Yeah. 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 Well, what that really means is go look us up. Yeah. Look and, it up for sure. Yeah. Look us up and give us a five-star review. Even if you hate us, just do it because it's the only way we can grow. We don't want to be a measly little podcast. We want to be the number one podcast in the world. So let's do this. Also, yeah, I mean, like, and if you hate us, let's talk about it. I hope, I hope you don't, because this is, we've only been on for like two minutes. Right. But I mean, you know, I guess I probably earned it in some areas. Regardless of that, like, subscribe, all those things. Tell your parents or don't. Um, one of them, whichever the cool one is, or your cool uncle, to check out the podcast. And without further ado, let's get started. So College Well Uncensored, uh, what we are going to do every week, we're going to talk about college football. We're also going to talk about just relevant sports and things that you know that are happening in the world not the world but the sporting world um you know delve into fiscal policy monetary policy anything really just stuff that i don't have to google if we're gonna if we're gonna do all that um so it'll just be on a much much lighter side it'll be um i don't know probably a little bit more more fun it won't be like a cold cubic breakdown of offensive linemen and and you know the third string quarterback at kentucky all of these things it'll pretty much just be jokes and and some some hopefully hot takes and uh and a lot of fun and a lot of it based off of y'all's involvement as well so uh first episode right <laughs> not on about college of, football it's about super no. bowl <laughs> yeah right on the heels of um i'd say maybe the worst super bowl in quite some time yeah that was a horrible watch if you're not a tampa bay bucks fan it was um what's what was really weird about it was even even us you know we had the if you're, if you're not in the uh, podcast Facebook group, we had a Facebook Live with um, Michael Calabrese, Calabrese. Um, to talk about bets. And I think 
it's so weird that nobody talked about the fact that the Chiefs O-line, actually Calabrese brought it up, was decimated by injury. And we Mahomes, don't talk about the injuries enough. Yeah. yeah, And Mahomes was also injured. And no one really wanted to talk about that, which was super weird because uh, most people in the media picked the Chiefs. Um, but it was domination. I mean, all game long, I actually read a stat before we started, uh, we came on here that Mahomes was pressured on 29 of his 56 dropbacks, which was the most in Super Bowl history, whereas Brady was pressured on four of 30, which yeah, is the I mean, lowest like, of it, his it career. Was as close, it was as close to like a Jared Garantano 2018, like Florida State. Like, who was the kid? Uh, DeAndre Francois, who was just. Oh, yeah, he shattered his leg in my dreams. Well, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know what dreams those were because it was not going very far. But like, uh, regardless, yeah, it just you know, it's just a public beating of of sorts all night long. Um, and really, like, it wasn't just we're not gonna sit here and complain about the refs. I mean, I mean, we are, we absolutely are. Um, it it was not an enjoyable game, which is weird because it's the Super Bowl. It's like the culmination of the season. Everyone's excited for it. But I mean, like, I, I don't know how how like to get through to refs at all levels to tell them like, Hey bro, sit this one out. Not about you. Yeah. Stop making yourself so prevalent and, and like a factor into, into big moments. And I think the first half there was seven or eight penalties on the chiefs for like 80 yards, one, one. on Tampa Bay. And it was yeah. all in big, big critical situations. That's mm-hmm. what was so frustrating about it. And also like, let's be honest guys. Like I'm purely projecting for the most part here because I bet on Kansas city, like an uncomfortable amount of money. And now here we are. <laughs> so yeah, like it was like five star review and if you guys could send me like three bucks and maybe some ramen noodles that'd be really good for me drop that cash app boy there you go um <laughs> no it was just it was pathetic i mean watching mahomes every drop back that he had it seemed like he had less than two seconds to try to find an open receiver and yeah. then he didn't you know he had a bad wheel you know he, it's not like he could take off running for 30 yards he's got turf toe they said before the game he's probably gonna have to have surgery after this game that might have him sidelined for six months. Um, so it was tough. Uh, I really don't like Tom Brady, so that just added to it. It's not fun to watch him win again. Uh, hats off to him. He obviously is the best of all time, the greatest of all time, whatever you want to say. But, uh, yeah, it's still not enjoyable to watch his smarmy ass win another game, uh, Super Bowl. I think smarmy ass is the best way to describe Tom Brady. I mean, like, listen, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. We are also both from Atlanta and Falcons fans. So sure. again, like, you know, a lot of this will be sports talk, but a lot of it will be just working through our feelings uh, because, you know, the, the Super Bowl. I, I tell you what, I hate to bring this, this game up ever, but watching that game, I just kept thinking, I was like, how in the hell did the Falcons <laughs> manage to blow a 28 to three lead? Because it seemed pretty much impossible to do so watching that game. But yeah, I mean, Brady, it's, it's not because he always wins. It's because... I, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. It it, no, you know what it is? It's like a classic example was after the Bucks go down and score a touchdown, he's talking all that shit to Tyron Matthew. Matthew oh, yeah. By like, the way, comes... that's our first cuss word. We're allowed oh, yeah, to cuss in this podcast. So there that's you right. go. So he's talking all that shit to Tyron Matthew, and Matthew comes back at him and basically does the same thing he did. Matthew gets flack. And that's just like the epitome of what Tom Brady is. It's like he gets away with everything, he gets all the calls. He is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, the other thing, too, is like the whole narrative is Brady, 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 Brady. You look at his stats, he threw for like 200 yards in this game. Again, Tampa's defense was incredible, just like they were in the yards. Packers game. 
Yeah, it was like I, I don't, well, let me see the final stat, but it's uh yeah, he had three touchdowns, which is great, but yeah, it was like he barely had over 200 yards passing. I mean, no offense, like and I hate Brady too, but it's yeah, 201. Time, like, that's that's pretty nitpicky because he looked incredible. I think he was 16 of 20 in the first half and right. if For he only had 200 yards, yards passing, great. he still had about 100 yards more than than Mahomes. So, um I, I mean, yeah, like, I think like like when you brought up like the the incident with uh with Tyron Matthew, I, it was it was annoying because it again, like all the flags that were coming were happening like at the biggest possible times. Like the, the, the offsides on the field goal attempt, he, he like the guy literally, as soon as the ball snapped, he takes one step and stands upright. He had no impact on that play at all. And we get a five yard penalty and in, in Romo and, and Nance are sitting here saying, well, you know, I mean, like you got to wonder if they're going to go for it. Cause you know, it's, it was fourth yeah. and five or something like that. It's, they're going to be close to a first. Didn't even measure, just automatic first down. They scored two plays later. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was frustrating. Two, well, they scored two plays later on a, a ball that was thrown out of the end zone where they called a PI uh, against Mike Evans. It's just like, I don't know. I, I don't hate the bitch. I mean, Tampa was definitely a better team in this game. Um, yeah, what an intro for us. Just like, yeah, no, a, just a good first impression. Just salty <laughs> as fuck about, about a game that we had. What was with the, so, but I mean, everything about it, like the, the, the halftime show, like I, I almost threw so up. I like the halftime show. Besides when the weekend decided to, I don't know who let him get that camera. I almost threw up. I was getting yeah. so nauseous. If you guys love like epilepsy inside of a Notre Dame football helmet, you were gonna love this one part of the halftime show. <laughs> I, I saw that it got like it caught a lot of heat like, to the point where like Dan Wolken and Clay Travis actually agreed on it. Whoa. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I I kind of enjoyed it, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was just okay. Um, and then, you know, the commercials, like, to me, was there any, like, memorable... I, I feel like that was always the big thing about the Super Bowl 10 yeah. years ago was how many great commercials there were. You never I can't know remember. when to pee. The shaggy, the shaggy one, maybe, with uh, Cheetos. But, so what's weird about that is, like, I saw that a couple days early, but that was, like, way late in the actual broadcast. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it was just, I don't know. Bummer of a night. I I was yeah. hoping for a great game. Didn't turn out that way. Uh, that's why college football is better. I very much agree with that. Um, yeah. What what do you want to complain about now? I, I will say there were two commercials that I thought were actually really good, and one was the Will Ferrell thing um, <laughs> with uh, Norway. Because I, listen, there's probably one asshole like in like Brooklyn, like like in like a turtleneck. It's like. Okay, like, do you guys really not know where Sweden and Norway are physically located on a map? I, I have no idea. I, I guarantee you 98% of the people that not only listen to this podcast, but in this country, these are two just absolute facts. They spell bananas by singing that Gwen Stefani song from 20 years ago to themselves before they spell it. And two, the only way, the only reason any of us know where Iceland is is because of Mighty Ducks 2. That's true. And that Iceland is green and Greenland is ice. Exactly. So, I mean, like, you know, any commercial where I can learn, you know, I love that. I love that. Um, I like that one. And I actually really like the, uh, the Gwen Stefani. Um, what's the, what's the dude's name? He's awful. Blake Shelton. <laughs> God, he's awful. But that commercial was hilarious because they kind of owned up to how awful he is. Hail so rat. I, I like that one. What's that? He's got a song called hell rat. Hail rat. Okay. Right. At some point, country music is just going to end up being like a grunt and like a fist bump because they don't sing about anything besides just like beer, man. Come on now. 
beer, trucks. Hell yeah, brother. Um, all right. So we had an idea because, like we said, most of the content on here is going to be we'll talk about things and then stray away from anything close to being serious. And and I felt bad because like there's a, a lot of noticeable advertisers and brands that were like absent this year because they decided not to spend all their money. Like Budweiser, they were kind of dicks about it. They're like, we're not going to spend $5 million for a commercial. We're going to, we're going to spend that on, on like creating more awareness about COVID. So well, it's, we're a year in man. So like, you know, I think we're all pretty aware. <laughs> we're aware. <laughs> yeah. Um, just put out the damn Clydesdales and shut your mouth. So I, I felt bad though. Cause there's obviously a Budweiser can't afford to do that. There's a lot of companies that couldn't afford to advertise this year. So right. we took the liberty of, of writing a few commercials for them. Like the so, unsung heroes. So I thought it was perfect for a Tampa games in Tampa. You got the bucks in the game to have Oakley as one of the commercials. Oh, hell yeah. Tyler, here's the thing. That delivery is not going to sell any effing sunglasses. So <laughs> I went ahead and wrote an actual script. Okay? Oh, okay. Like, a right. lot of you listening to their pod, you guys know I'm, I'm very, very well versed in writing scripts. And when I say that, I mean, just for Texas Pete, here's the deal. All right. Just like close your eyes and just, just let me take you away to, to a very special magical place. You're in an old Navy and Applebee's parking lot. Okay. You hear the roar of an engine then the, the sound of brakes, kid rock music plays. All of a sudden, some man in a goatee named Jace Jason hops out of his Ford Raptor. Hell right, brother. I mean, just a goatee of all goatees. As soon as he's done taking whatever profile picture he just took a selfie of in the front seat, he's out of the Raptor and immediately grabbing the back of his wife's arm. Now, here's the deal, man. Why do you need Oakley's? You could buy, you could buy any kind of sun, sunglasses, any kind, right? Pack sun. Ray-Ban, um, I mean, I was used to be a member of PacSun, still am, still proud. Um, but here's the deal, man. <laughs> Jay Shason was, was a second-team all-county linebacker in 1998. And some people think, hey, maybe he hasn't moved on from his glory days. Why the hell would he, bro? Why the hell? Would, everything was better in 98. We didn't have Y2K. Uh, you know, the economy was fantastic. The Baja men had not let the dogs out yet. McGuire was still the home run king. And there you were, Jace Jason, benching 270 pounds, 240. You told everyone it's 270. Here's the deal, man. The sun ain't going anywhere. And you can't block your, your eyes with a salt life sticker. So grab yourself a pair of all white Oakleys. There you go. You're welcome. Um, so much swag, so much drip. So much swag. Like I, those, those, if you told me that like, that entire company or like that line of, of, of sunglasses were just made for people named Trent. I would a thousand percent believe you <laughs> a thousand percent. Um, a couple other ones I thought of just, you know, like you, you don't ever see Jaeger or, or brands like that ever you, advertise. Have, have, I feel like the last their, time you heard of someone like drinking Jaeger, like legitimately, like not ironically as a joke. Tyler, we lead very separate lives. Um, <laughs> I feel like I go out a lot more than you cause I don't have a kid. Um, so a lot, my favorite bar in Atlanta, diesel filling station. It's like their drink of choice. It's disgusting. Um, and it, it's kind of like the same with like Miller high life. I feel like you don't see any Miller high life commercials. Yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah. Miller light, but not the high life, not the high life. I mean, and it's the beers. high life, the champagne of the champagne of domestic violence. Listen, if you 
Do you love booze and hate yourself and or your dad? Then why don't you come over here and pop a squat next to me at the corner of this bar and grab yourself a, a shooter of Jaeger. It is liquid licorice and it will absolutely ruin your evening. <laughs> I, 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 it blows my mind that people drank Jaeger before Fireball was a thing. Yeah, Fireball just kind of stepped right in there, didn't it? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> all I have else to say about, uh, about, about commercials in general, and then we'll actually get to like real content. I think my favorite commercials on TV are the Neutrogenics commercials. And I will admit that like two years ago, six months, I got drunk and bought uh, a bottle of Neutrogenics. If you're not familiar with what Neutrogenics is, it's the testosterone supplement that, that Frank Thomas pedals on TV and emasculates everyone in front of their wives uh, in the middle of like a planet fitness. It is the most. So, so big hurt touting medicine for low T. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's, it's so uncomfortable because like it, it could just be an informative commercial. Like, Hey, listen, like when you're, when you're 40, <laughs> it happens guys, it happens, but it, it just slowly transitions into be like, by the way, I can tell you're not having sex with your wife properly. And he gives us like a, re- a weird wink. It's very uncomfortable. Every the, the sexual energy in those commercials is, is uncomfortable. And also why is Doug Flutie on him now? <laughs> why not? I mean, it's just a, a very weird life. pairing. It's like watching like Turner and Hooch, like with Frank Thomas, like the size difference alone is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Old Flutie, old five, six uh, gunslinger back there on a good day. Um, anyway. So those are the commercials we wrote. I'm sure that you guys wraps really- up Super Bowl talk. <laughs> so, yeah. All the Super Bowl talk. We'll do the blimpy one for next week. Um, okay. So the Brady thing we talked about, and we, you know, we don't want to be too much of a negative podcast, but we got us thinking because the Patrick Reed incident happened last week. And I feel like I understand that a lot of people hate Brady because he wins all the time. Um, Patrick Reed, I don't know, like even including his parents, I don't know anyone that likes Patrick Reed. His wife, who is his caddy and also has created burner accounts to basically tote him all day long on Twitter. Is that real? Oh, that's really real. Wait, she's his caddy? She's his caddy. That has to be because no one else wants to do it for him. Exactly right, because he cheats. He's He's got caught cheating literally red-handed like five or six times in his career. College and and uh, last week on the tour. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, like, you know, rumors he was kicked out of Georgia for whatever reason. It's a miracle he didn't end up starting at quarterback at, at Auburn. Um, yeah, but like a, just a pretty unlikable dude. So we made a list, uh, and want to hear from you guys as well. The least likable athletes. I mean, cause like, listen, we hate Brady because we're from Atlanta. He ruined, I mean, things were so promising before that. And now look at us now. Look at us. I know. We don't even have a Whataburger. I don't even get a chance to go out and drink Jaeger on a consistent basis. That's honestly, you're the one that said it. And I'm glad you got to hear it because like, is this where you want your life to be? Not really, but here we are. There you go. Um, yeah, so Patrick Reed, for sure. I'm not trying to be a homer here. I feel like I wrote down Cam Newton, and I thought of this as well. Nick Fairley was probably just as bad. He just didn't win a Heisman Trophy. But, like, you want to talk about, like, one of the most impactful players of in, like, the country that season and always up to no good, like a cat or a snake. <laughs> Move over, Gary Danielson. All right. Uh, coming for you. <laughs> For me, and I try to keep bias out of it. Um, Marshall Henderson. I know you love the guy. <laughs> I just, 
it's not often that you can watch someone like just absolutely ruin an old man's entire blood pressure and and like maybe like like months of health. Hmm. Vontez perfect. Yeah, I had that one down there too. I, I wrote that s- Bill Romanowski, but I feel like it's a little dated. But I'll it's take a little it. bit dated. Yeah, he's just like a like a real shitbag of a person though. Like he would spit in people's face and like or faces and like I think like drop like bad words and stuff <laughs> well yeah, there you go uh you know who i really don't like and he probably is a nice guy justin turner <laughs> the third yeah. baseman for the dodgers i don't know why because he has red hair he did like it's it's so <laughs> much just... red hair you were last year in the, in the i feel like you're just trying to be an asshole at that point you know when you have that much hair yeah. and it's that red it's just like really bro you can't just shave the head make it at least a little presentable just to like appease a, a us, like I'm, I cannot look at it. Um, well, he's also kind of like a dick, but like baseball players in general are the Ooh, worst. Bryce Harper. Ooh, Bryce Harper. I love Bryce Harper. No, no. You don't no. like Bryce Harper? No, absolutely not. Why? Worse. He's he's basically Justin Turner without red hair. That's such a. I can't argue that, but like, there's so many flaws <laughs> in that sentence alone. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, AJ McCarron. Yeah, like here's here's the thing about AJ McCarron, and I know Bama fans like him. He, I think he's never mom. done one thing that's just been like, oh, yeah, all right, good job, man. You stayed in your lane. Constantly, constantly making decisions like that's not, you can't be about that life. He opened a fucking sushi restaurant in Tuscaloosa. No. Yes. Why? When you want good sushi, you go to the strip in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, I don't know why. Like He also had that stupid-ass tattoo that took up his entire concave chest and I, I will never forget this because one, like he had some tattoo like on his arm. I remember he got back from like the summer. and was like bragging about it and uh, like on the message boards. And somebody asked him what the new tat was. And he said, it's the skyline of Mobile. Have you ever been to Mobile? Uh, no, I've been to Montgomery. Not the and same. That was... what? You're just saying words. Per- I mean, I'm sure it's equally as bad. Okay. You ever been to Des Moines? No, I've been to Dallas, so it's like very similar. I'm well, sure. they're in the same state, so that's a little the same. It's different cultures. You don't get it. Like Alabama's, there's, there's, it's like I wouldn't get it. You're right. It's like Hollywood. There's like different like subsects and like communities and stuff like that. Like Brooklyn. Well, here's the, here's the comparison. Like you could be like, you ever been to Tampa? No, but I've been to Miami. Eh, it's probably just as bad. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that tattoo, though, I will never forget doing a comedy show in Mobile. And I remember driving into the city and I was like, there's how there's no skyline. There's there's like four buildings in the whole city that are over five stories tall. And one of them is a fucking Holiday Inn Express. We went in that night and there was a pole vaulting competition in downtown Mobile. Just like in the middle of the downtown. Like, you know how like just delusionally arrogant i can be about like comedy stuff sometimes like we pulled up to like the the building i was like oh shit man it's like a line around the door this is gonna be sick for us in mobile alabama no there was a pole vaulting competition like they blocked off an entire street for it um anyway those are um all the people that we think are like the least likable y'all tell us as well uh who your least likable athletes are and like i feel like there's got to be some good ones because like we talked about this off air also like there's some people that hate Tua and Tebow and, and, and people like that. You know, I hate is Denny Nagel, but we're not going to get into that today. Wow. Okay. There you go. Denny. Um, all right. Denny Nagel. Actual college football content. Let's get into it. So obviously it'll be easier off- to have content when it's actual season. You know, right now we're talking about Denny Nagel, Bryce Harper, AJ McCarron's concave chest. 
to be fair, I would like to do an entire episode on Denny Nagel. Um, Now, listen, if you have a concave chest, guys, and you can't satisfy your wife, just tie it up. Call Nutrigenics today. They'll send you a bottle. It'll change your life. Um, You'll be playing quarterback in the CFL in no time. So, is that where he is now, by the way? Or is he still like the backup for the Bengals? Who? AJ McCarron. I thought you meant Flutie. I was like, dude, Flutie's like 64 years old. Um, no, he's the backup for the Texans. Texans. Yeah. Hey, now the Deshaun's going to be traded. Let's just not do this right now. So, um, <laughs> sure. So national signing day was last week. Uh, we, like I said, we realized that like, it is not something that happened yesterday or anything like that. But since we just started the, uh, the podcast, we still want to get into some of the stuff that happened on national signing day. First off, it, it's, it's kind of a weird like the second signing day is always kind of odd because like you and I are huge college football fans. We've been following it forever. And I used to like treat signing day in, in February, like a, like a holiday. It was like one of my favorite oh, days yeah. of the year. So much fun. 100%. Now, you know, it's, it's not, not as great just because you have um, early signing period. And like, it's an overwhelming amount of, of athletes signed during early signing period. So I believe there was only a handful, like I want to say 15 to the top 300 in ESPN, or maybe it was 11 in the top 300 from ESPN that hadn't signed. Um, they closed with the class uh, or closed with the, the final rankings. Alabama finished on top with the, um, what is apparently the greatest recruiting class of all time. Going hmm. through the, the top five, you know, you brought it up the other day. It's just, it's the same. It's the same names you see every year in the college football playoff. Right. What were your thoughts on signing day? What were your biggest takeaways? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically, I, I feel like every year it's going to be Bama, Ohio State, Georgia in some order in the top three. Um, I, so a couple years ago when they created this whole transfer portal thing and, you know, every year they're making it a little bit easier to transfer and you don't want to sound like an asshole and be like, because ultimately the kids should have a lot of choice. I mean, they're already, they don't get paid, but I was nervous about what it would turn college football into yeah. because, you know, it, we're seeing it now. It's uh, the transfer portal is almost like another type of recruiting. Like you, it you constantly have to recruit your own players on your own team. This year, I think what felt so weird with recruiting is that most of these kids that that committed, if not almost the majority of every class, has never been on campus, never met the yes. coaches they're talking to in person. That that blows my mind. Like I mean, like and if like they, the transfer portal had, they'd be only been ins- on when they were like a junior. Like you realize how much changes in your life from like seventeen or sixteen, seventeen to eighteen years old. Hey, right. And also, we talked about this like right when this first came about. And, and you're right. Like I, I I thought the same exact thing that it was going to be something that would I don't know be like if it would be like a huge detriment. But no one feels bad for college football coaches because of the salaries and how much money they make and all that kind of stuff. Right. But it made their job so much more difficult because listen, I think a lot of coaches like recruiting and, and it's obviously a very important part of the job. Like I mean, in the SEC alone, like if you, if you can't recruit, you will not have success in this conference, but it is also probably the most time consuming. And in, in a lot of ways, one of the least likable things to do because you're constantly having to like, I don't want to say put on a show, but roll out the red carpet for these 16, 17 year old kids just for the hopes of them getting a visit or, or coming to campus or, you know, enrolling. And then with the transporter, you're hundred percent right. It's not like you have to continue recruiting them. You absolutely do because if they don't right. feel, you know, 
welcome or, you know, loved or whatever their freshman year, they're gone. Right. Like it, it's, it's so rare now that you see somebody stay and, um, you know, like sit the bench for three or four years or like six or seven, like I did in college. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still think it's necessary and I love giving the kids more power, but the other side of this too, which is like, look at Dan Mullen, what he's been able to do. Some of like the work these, these coaches have been able to put in when you might be getting, you know, outdone on the recruiting trail. Cause I don't think Dan Mullen's ever going to out recruit Kirby smart. No, no, no chance. No. But he, I think he's a better coach than Kirby. No, let's not get into this. People are going to be pissed. I don't, I mean, okay. I think if you look at the total body of work, you could easily make that argument. I mean, I, yeah, we don't have to Kirby get into has it, but him heads up like decent. Amount. That? Oh yeah. But I would argue that uh, Florida's roster was way worse than Georgia's this year and they blew them out. Anyways, yeah. Okay. I mean, this will be, be good for, we could get but, into this, but I mean, but it's, but it's interesting. I mean, um, you know, take, take Eric Gilbert, for example, yeah. you know, LSU fans fired up to get the, the, the top rated tight end ever coming out of high school from the state of Georgia, from the state of Georgia. You know, I'm not sure what, what went down there. I mean, I think he got decent playing time. Maybe he wasn't happy and all of a sudden he he's just four like, right. this year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great production for a freshman tight end. All of a sudden it's like, Hey, I'm not happy with this. So I'm out. And you think the transfer portal, which by the way, I think there was over like 1500 kids in the transfer portal. Shut There's up. not 1500 spots for right. people to go to. So when you announce that you're going to the transfer portal, your current team is going to move on from you. Mm-hmm. If you can't find a place to go, if you're not Eric Gilbert and you're not elite of the elite, you may not have a spot to go to. It's, it's starting into a crazy thing, but I, I don't, it's, kind of off topic from from national signing day i guess but i think that goes into part no we're of actually like, talking about real content so we should probably stick to this yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's part of why signing day now doesn't even mean much because i think of you know personally like recruits that i like that i wanted florida state to get well it's like hey you Tyler's know as a florida state fan just yeah, heads up yeah i know I'm, i've already i've seen in the facebook group i'm already taking a lot of crap for that, that might have been my uh, <laughs> but it's like you know hey maybe we keep this kid on the burner you know, maybe keep some sort of line with them, even though it's illegal. I'm sure they do it and say, Hey, look, if you're not happy your freshman year, why don't you come transfer down? And it's just like, it's a totally oh, a thousand game. percent coaches, a thousand percent do that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I don't know where we're headed with all of it. Um, it, it right now it's totally unregulated. And now basically they've already, has it passed officially that you don't have to sit out regardless if you transfer just the no, one time. It's, it, it's I believe I don't, I don't believe so. Maybe. Um, I think it's like a, they were talking like it's a no brainer that it's going to be passed that you, anyone can transfer for one time, for one time. Yeah. So that yeah. I'm pretty sure that has been passed. I'm not sure if it's gone into effect yet, just because the the way last season went and like, there's so many things that are kind of like, you know, moving pieces and like from just going from one season to the next now with how 2020 was like, you know, all these kids getting an extra year of eligibility. And, and that's such a odd like you're talking about all this roster management now that you've never had to do and, and people moving on, like, you know, like Jerry Garantano, thank God he chose to leave Tennessee because that would have been the most uncomfortable conversation ever. It was like, listen guys, I'm back. Like, no, <laughs> damn it. Like, please, please go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, anyway. So I think that like the 1500 kids thing, I, I remember looking at this last year and it was at like 700 and, and the amount of quarterbacks that were in it, especially because, by nature, I feel like you, you know, a lot of times that could be a position where you're, you're the most sought after player in the country. 
you get the most attention from an early age. You're, you're obviously the most important player of the field and besides the Holy spirit. And you're talking about like you spend three to four years. Like I talked to Chuck Smith, who, who was a former Falcon and stuff like that on the TV show we do here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he was a defensive line coach at Tennessee for one season. And he was telling me he hated it because you have to, you have to like, like not belittle yourself, but you have to give up so much of like yourself right. to, to try to appeal to these kids. And it's so frustrating because, you know, you do it for three or four years before they even get on campus. And then once they get there, especially with quarterbacks, you can have like a fragile ego and they just bolt. And it's like, you put in, you've invested so much time in this whole thing. Again, like you're not going to, you're not going to find a lot of people feeling bad for college coaches. I think it is really interesting to see where not just from a grad transfer standpoint, but like coaches like Dan Mullen, who's been constantly criticized for how his like shortcomings in recruiting, he has excelled in the transfer portal. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the more that, especially quarterbacks have success. I mean, you look at Burrow, Fields, Hurts. Yeah. I mean, all these guys, they 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 lose their job or they don't get the job. They transfer to other big-time schools. And look, Burrow won a championship. Fields played in a championship. Hurts got to the playoff. I mean, but those are the elite of the elite. And I, I worry, like, there's also stories like Mac Jones who came in with Tua mm-hmm. and waited his turn. Didn't start till he was what last year? What he's a thirty-three years old. Yes, seventy-five years old. Um, so it should be interesting. But you know, Alabama, the rich get richer. Uh, best recruiting class ever: seven five stars according to the composite rankings. Um, Ohio State was right up there too with with five five stars. That's crazy. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see where things are headed. Um, with recruiting in general i i don't like the early signing period um right these coaches now have found ways where they get kids to sign and then they leave schools or you know they'll wait to fire their coaches until after the early signing period it's just it's i haven't loved where that all the recruiting stuff is headed for a long time now but it's uh yeah it's where in college football that's where championships are made you have to have the best players i mean i just i really really wish that they would um I know like we need like some sort of like regulation and like, you know, it can't be like the wild, wild west, but like, my God, that 30 for 30 from SMU was fucking awesome. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I just wish we could go back to like, listen, this kid is probably not going to sign with you unless you show up with a shoebox full of cash. I, McDonald's bag, whatever. We're going to get to that here shortly. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I thought, obviously we talked a lot about like the, the teams in the top five and how it is like a direct reflection of like recruiting, you know, not stars mattering or, or rankings matter real quick. This is like my least favorite argument in college football, besides anything Dan Wilkins says. When people say stars don't matter, it oh. it blows my mind because it's always like the worst. It's, it's one person. It's like a singular example. Kyle Trask, for instance. Right. Like stars don't matter. Stars 1,000% matter. And I think they, yep. they had a stat last year on um, Fox, I guess, like their, their big Saturday show. It always cracks me up whenever they make graphics to post because – undoubtedly the sec or teams from the sec are usually at the top of whatever they're posting. And you know, that just like has to eat, like eat a Joel Klatt soul, but they were talking about like the teams with the most five stars signed since like 2017. And it was Bama, Georgia, Ohio state, Clemson, and LSU. And sure. There's going to be two and three stars that, that, you know, beat the odds and, and work really hard and, and, you know, have a growth spurt or whatever, like top to bottom. 
you cannot sign a class full of three stars and just hope they pan out. You right, can't. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, look at tonight. The Bucks' top two running backs were both the number one running back Tyler, coming out of high school. That's the NFL. It's an entirely different fucking league. They're both their running backs were the number one running back coming out of high school. Wait, Ronald Jones was? Hmm. Holy yeah. Shit, I didn't know that. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're much more likely to have a better turnout uh, and better talent when you sign better players. It's kind of crazy. It really is. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's some disappointment. I mean, you know, if you look down at, at Florida, for example, I mean, until they kind of unraveled at the end there, they were having a really good season. Right. And, you know, they, they end up signing, you know, one five-star when, you know, their in-state rivals really aren't really that good uh, right now. Uh, you should be dominating the state. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, you know, between Florida, Georgia, Texas, maybe a little California, you know, if you're in one of those states, you should be dominating that state if you're a good team and in recruiting. And it just doesn't feel like Florida does that. Well, I mean, I feel like, okay, so like Mullen's never had to rely strictly on recruiting to be a great coach. Like he's, yeah, oh, they yeah. always say like, you know, he's, he's like made the most, like made the most out of, out of like nothing or made the most out of little, I understand if like in that state, especially because you have it's a rarity that you have three, I don't say blue bloods, but like premier mm-hmm. like programs in the same state. I totally get not being able to like dip down into like Miami, Coral Gables and like all those places to get that kind of talent because they might stay home. They might, you know, a lot of times, especially see, like, this year, a lot yeah. of people stayed home this year. But like, you know, lose it. Like, you should be able to literally go out in your backyard and find a five star or a four star. And we've talked about this like ad nauseum. And, and I wonder how much of it is Mullen. Like, I know he knows that recruit, like, the recruiting is important, but he's had success without having to get these premier. Like, you remember the video of him talking about Nick Fitzgerald after the Egg Bowl? Someone was like, who did you get Nick Fitzgerald? First off, Nick Fitzgerald was one of the worst throwing quarterbacks in the history of college football. Like, like I mean, un- like blind Ikea furniture type like accuracy okay and stability in the pocket like awful but he was perfect for that system which is one of the reasons why i think like emory emory jones is going to be really good for him next year but he was bragging about after one of the games someone's like who who did you beat in the recruiting battle for nick or nick fitzgerald and he was like who oh that was uh ut chattanooga diamond in the rough great like you know he's not the one who trash but he like was able to you know really maximize on that kid's potential you're going to have to start out recruiting like Kirby at some point. And you're like, you're right. Like Tennessee's down. I don't know if South Carolina is, is coming back anytime soon. You better pray that Kentucky doesn't put it together like for consistent or consecutive seasons, but like it could not have been set up on a, on a platter better form. Like Tennessee is down. Like Florida state is historically down. Yeah, worse they've ever been like since, since the, the 70s. Carter administration. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. So I will say, I don't think it's going to matter. It's not going to affect him as much. And again, we talked about the, the transfer portal. He signed several five stars mm-hmm. uh, and you saw what they were able to do that offense last year. Looking at some other spots, just people or teams that I was impressed with Tennessee. I'm not making a joke here. Tennessee being able to hold on to the, like the number 16 class with all the shit and scrutiny, like that they're under right now. Thought that was impressive. Um, well, I mean, we, we know why. I mean, yeah, I mean, still, still I'm like, <laughs> Do you, boo? Um, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. The fact that both Mississippi schools were able to close with a top 25 class was huge. I mean, I expected it from Lane Kiffin. He has yeah. to be the best recruiter, especially if we could just wild, wild west. I'm just saying. 
Um, but like Mississippi State being able to close with a top 25 class, because I listen, I, we love him to death. The sound bites are great. As somebody that's been in media for three years, he's great for, for my job. I cannot imagine having a conversation with Mike Leach like for any length of time. It, I don't, I have a feeling he's not going to be there for long. He's like, it's like Gary Busey. It's like, exactly. this, is, this is funny, but um, I, oh, I also, you're, you're serious. Do you, do you think, how do you think Kiffin's long-term at, at Ole Miss? I kind of do, to be honest. Really? Cause he's, he's, he's been at like premier programs and he's failed miserably. Right. It's my, it's maybe like the perfect Avenue for him. Yeah. In Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> Joey Freshwater. I mean, back yeah. on the scene. I don't, yeah. I don't know if he's still doing the Joey Freshwater stuff. Like there were, I remember reports and we could talk about this on college Ball uncensored where he would like go out to the bars in Tuscaloosa like after games, but not like, like, Oh yeah. You know, coach Kiff was like sliding to the back door. I mean like in his fucking coaches, like, like team issued <laughs> gear, his visor. Yeah. Like, well, like in his, like his like windbreak or whatever, like, dude, come on. What are we doing? Let's hit up Galettes. So yeah, I mean like, and also like stains don't come out of those. You can't be dropping like a, a long Island ice here, whatever he drinks. What do you think he drinks? <laughs> uh, sex on the beach. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's probably something like just, really obnoxious like he probably just like yeah, three yeah. fingers but of like rum <laughs> i'll do three fingers of malibu uh, okay. thanks joey come um, to the fau but no I, th- I thought you know the sec having nine cl- classes close out in the, the top 25 you brought this up the other day north carolina is like quietly building a yeah. really strong program second year in order, they got a five star mm-hmm. chapel hill sells itself it's a great school um yeah I, and by the way I never. I thought Mac Brown was like the worst hire ever. When they announced it, I was like, "Are you serious, Mac Brown? He's like seventy-five years old." What's wrong with that? So is our president. That's true. (laughs) Um, No, that's that's. I'm making a joke because that that is like the first thing I would like be like, "Okay, no, you're not fit to do this job." Right. Yeah, but you know, you hired good coordinators. uh, You know, and and look, college football especially, well, really football in general. If you have a good QB, then you've got a good chance and yeah. Howell's been really good. They, they got a new kid coming in. This class is really good. So I don't know. I think UNC's, you know, between them and Miami, we'll see Miami starting to recruit a little bit better as well. Um, you know, that's that side of the division, which has been absolutely miserable for a decade plus might actually start to be decent. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, if you gave me 18 guesses, I could not guess who's in that stupid fucking division. I like, I mean, you know the name of the division. There's the coastal and the leaders, the the legends and the leaders. Um, no, it's the coastal and the Atlantic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what, that just the name. The name of the actual conference is what they named the the divisions. <laughs> That's like if I told somebody, like, all right, break them into two groups. This group will be called Chris, and this group will be called Tefer. It's right, ridiculous. Um, easily identifiable, I guess. I guess, but yeah, I mean, like he's been able to, in North Carolina. Loki has like some really talented high school players. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the, you're right. I know that's in Clemson's been dipping in there for a long time, pulling whoever they want. And I think North Carolina is kind of starting to shore up, you know, their their foothold there. Yeah, uh, Georgia's Michigan, actually doing a really good job there too. Michigan top ten. Oh my god. Okay. Why so would you we, ever want to? Why this. would you want to play for 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 that? Like, who is going to Michigan? I, I just like. Seriously, Harbaugh took a pay cut. Like, well, how, how does that show do. any sort of like faith in your coach? Hey, man, look, 
I'm not sure we can get anybody else right now because of Corona time. So we'll keep you around, but you're going to have to take less money. Dude. First off, he doesn't need money. Like he's, he is, he's like the epitome of like a 1950s dad that doesn't understand like what like current, like modern money is. He still drinks milk. What adult (laughs) drinks milk? I'm not talking about with Oreos or like, in in a white Russian, which is also gross. Like if you're an adult, as somebody that worked at a bar forever, if you're an adult and you come up and order a glass of milk, I'm calling the fucking cops. That's so weird. That's so weird. <laughs> Coach Sweeney's got that drip. <laughs> oh my god. That's least, that's you know not what, as creepy least, as somebody ordering. <laughs> do you have a glass of milk? No. At least, at least Dabo tries. You know, he's trying with the TikTok thing. It was obviously terrible. Jim yeah. Harbaugh doesn't probably doesn't know what Twitter, TikTok, any of that is. He, he organized a sleepover with a kid, and it was for a kicker. <laughs> like, that's like the creepy hey, dude, scenes just... from Back to the Future, like, of, like, of McFly's dad. Like, like I, I don't, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I mean, so Mullen, we give Mullen shit all the time. Mullen is basically just divorced dad, Jim Harbaugh. Like, he's still wearing khakis, but like, he's like, still got some J's on his feet. <laughs> Harbaugh, I don't understand. Pleated khakis. Pleated let's, let's, khakis, yeah. which sometimes he'll rock, like, shirtless. God. which is just a confident, confident move. But for like, like if you're, if you're trying to sell and if you're a Michigan fan or you, and you think that I'm being ridiculous, like I'll keep an open mind. I want you to explain it to me because I, I look at it and I'm thinking like, okay, what, what is the selling point here? Like, what is the actual selling point here? Because you've won a half of a national championship in the last, since 1948, a half <laughs> claim a full one. Bama does it all the time. Right. Just claim a full one. No one's no one cares. But a half of a national championship, it's freezing cold up there. You don't beat anyone of significance. You don't beat your rival. You've beaten them once in 14 years. You don't play for division championships, conference championships, or national championships. I, I just don't get it. Like you're you're bragging about things that happened in black and white. <laughs> and so and, and like listen. If you're a Michigan fan bragging about tradition, and this this drives me crazy, like absolutely crazy, because they are such a proud and an arrogant fan base, and it doesn't fit with where they currently are. It's kind of like Tennessee. No offense, but at least Tennessee fans are like aware that, like, you know, like this, everything sucks and I'm dying. Michigan, like, they're still under this like delusion that they are going to compete for national championships again. Bro, you didn't compete for national championships before now. Right. And if you're uh, bragging well, about having a half a national championship in the last seven years, that's like, that's like somebody that's like, a virgin, but like bragging to his buddies, like, I don't want to brag to, but yeah, like I, I dry up a lot. I get around. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Michigan is just Michigan and their tradition is just the chafed penis of the college football world. Well, at least they've got great weather. I'm sure. No, it, like what is happening in that state? <laughs> Nothing. Does Kid Rock even still live there. That's like one of the only selling points. Which I never thought I would say. Hey man, Detroit rock city. What are you you're just saying things? They try to over, yeah. overthrow the governor. Have you been to Detroit? No, thankfully. I went to Detroit in 1999, and, and I, it's the closest thing I've ever seen to the school book pictures of like war torn Berlin in the 30s. It, it is <laughs> thriving awful. metropolis. Thriving metropolis. Um, anyway, if, if you're going to Michigan, you got to tell me why. And if you support the program, you, you have to tell me why, because you must be the most patient person. In, in the world. I just don't get it. All right. Another fan base that's been unbelievably patient, actually pretty impressed with how they handled everything this time around the coaching search, Tennessee, 
Uh, again, realize like this happened a couple of weeks ago, but it's too good not to discuss. And if you were under a rock or don't have Twitter or I don't know, hate being entertained by, by rabid, crazy fans, you might've missed what happened in Knoxville. There was a, um, a coup, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like they fired Jamie Pruitt, which <laughs> I was shocked because he put up a 16 and 19 record, which is the third worst record in Tennessee football history since world war one, which was in, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, I believe 1450. Um, since uh, medieval times, that is the third worst record they've had in, in, in Knoxville. Um, Oh, and nine versus Bama, Florida, and Georgia. Eight of those losses being by 20 points or more still had the audacity to say that they're closing the gap on Bama. Again, I, like know yourself, know your worth. Like if you got to say inspirational things to yourself in the mirror, I do it every day. Um, it doesn't work though. So <laughs> Pruitt gets the boot. And then the actual Super Bowl of Tennessee football started, which was the coaching search. And my God, we should figure out a way to do like an American Idol or like an apprentice for Tennessee football every single year. I would never stop watching. Well, they, I mean, I mean, they got a hell of a steal for a coach, $900,000. I mean, that's pretty cheap in today's game. So, oh, oh shit. He actually only worked there for a week. That, so <laughs> what Tyler's talking about is Kevin Steele, who was like, in a, in a year where we had literally a global pandemic and everyone is like bitching about waiting for, 1400 extra dollars from the government my man went out got it about the mud made his own made his own luck a little quote from uh from titanic there and somehow like he got a job that wasn't even like specified he's like oh yeah kevin Steele's hired by tennessee oh what's he doing uh, what, what did you say don't no anyway talk to you later like don't worry about it it's just the weirdest vaguest thing like you knew some shit was about to go down especially the way after he left Auburn. So Kevin Seal is employed for two weeks, two weeks. And because Tennessee fired named him, him with, with named him the interim coach, right? Yeah. For like a day and a half. That was, yeah. that was more like a, like, you know, like that, that was more like a Dwight Schrute type situation, like so assistant to, to the, the regional manager, manager or yeah. like, you know, if like when you were a kid, like you get to be teacher for a day. Like, I don't want to do this. I just want to skip class. So Kevin Seal was the coach for a day, which was nice of him. Um, and then once they hired uh, the new AD and Josh Heupel, he was let go because this is going to shock you. Um, having on your resume that you've been to like 18 jobs in the last 11 years and also just tried to work with boosters to get your old boss fired. Not the best look for, for new administration. But they terminated his contract and he got nine hundred thousand dollars for the two weeks of work. Incredible. Incredible. It is incredible. That's the American dream. What are these coaching contracts, by the way? Like, when are these schools gonna band together and be like, all right, we gotta stop with these massive buyouts? Like, yeah. Oh, you were horrible at your job, so we'll just pay you twenty five million dollars to stop coaching. It is really bizarre. It like, is like at some point it's like, can we just all agree as all schools that we're not going to do this? Like you don't do it. We won't do it. And then, Hey, look, we won't have to do this anymore. Ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not sure that's how it works, but it's like, <laughs> it is the most, yeah, man. It, it's just like a public cucking of, of, of the entire universities. It's like, did you ever watch uh, always sunny in Philadelphia? 
A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. You remember when D dated that guy who wore the jean shorts and might, may or may not have been like slow, but he like and like painted his face as a lizard, but just like wanted to be with D. So he just like did anything she wanted, like sit in the car with like in like the middle of July with like the, the windows up. That's how these schools look. I mean, y'all look ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. I think we've all what's the what's the word the kids use nowadays? Um lit silly. No, now we sound awful. Like like <laughs> I, it, there's Simpia, no better Simpia. example of like sipping for, for what, for, like for what in the grand scheme of things. Simping for Jerry, Jeremy Pruitt. Simp, can you imagine simping for Jeremy Pruitt? What do you think? What do you think he's doing in New York right now? Okay, so that's gonna be a, a full segment. Like, and and he got another job in New York. If this doesn't become a fucking show on Bravo, I I will absolutely riot. Like, if, if and if you think that sounds ridiculous and you wouldn't sit there and watch jeremy pruitt try to navigate his way through manhattan can you i mean like think of all the words he's gonna learn that granted we have always already known but Mm -hmm. this whole new world for him i it's like it's like a mix between blast from the past and also home alone or like he's like elf but like without hair like if, if Elf was like made after like like instead of Will Ferrell they got like a thumb to be Elf, that's basically what Jeremy Pruitt is. There's imagine him trying to read the subway, like like all the different train lines. I can barely even talk about it. My favorite thing about it is I, you know, I read some 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 people that you know follow college football and, and cover college football, and they were saying you know the, the Pruitt hire. What a flex was a, was a great hire for Tennessee because he knows he's learned the Saban way of recruiting, which is Gee. what Kirby has done, what Jibbo Fisher has done, which is essentially finding a great way to get great players in under the radar. Okay. Let's not proof of getting caught. The program sells itself. Well, now it does. Yeah. Um, there are some coaches that, haven't won a championship since like i'll just pick a random year 1980 that still get huge recruits um but but he just instead he just gave out money in literal bags from mcdonald's mcdonald's that 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 was his like (laughs) it's like real just that that was his that was his way of doing things Um, it was foolproof it it was not it was it was not at all i mean I, oh my God. I just, I, I, the whole process like just fascinates me because it's like you had to go to McDonald's and be like, I need a shit ton of bags. Like for what? Like you want food? I mean, like I, I'm not lying. I went to McDonald's twice the day all this news broke. It was, it was incredible. But like the whole theater of it, like I remember one time we threw a keg party in, in for Halloween, my, my junior year, and we didn't want to pay for cups. So we went to McDonald's and just got them to give us a bunch of cups for like four bucks. First off, there's nothing worse than like room temp keg beer in a McDonald's cup that's like Ugh. never keeps its its former shape. <laughs> um, they were it was it was actually Monopoly time, so that was pretty cool. But like the whole process of going to get all those bags and then filling with money, we have to figure out a more efficient way to cheat. Like what? Like the rumors I heard about Justin Fields, they dropped a like a hundred thousand dollars in a duffel bag on his front porch. Like go to pot cash at me. Do not give me a chore. What are uh, like? I I don't get it. Yeah, so that was interesting, and it, it kind of reminded me of like I just thought 
what would you do? What would, what would be a way that you would try to cheat? Me personally? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think maybe the smartest way they did it was the, the suits that Bama never got caught with. That was one thing. Um, I would set up like an, an OnlyFans, but like like legit for fans. Like, so like tell like your four and five star recruits to set up like, like an inventory of like feet picks. Or like, you know, like it's like nothing too risque, but like, you know, something low cut, something a little bit, a little bit revealing. And then tell people named like Randy from fucking Watumka that if you send 10 to $20, you know, I'll consider going to Arkansas. And, and you okay. still get a feet, a foot pick. You, there's like that really appeals to some people. Yeah. Well, OK, so that's an interesting way of doing it. Um I've always liked the, you know, I've heard stories about, you know, hey, put put your house up for sale. It it may be a house that's worth 200, 300 grand, but we've got an aggressive buyer over here that's a cash buyer. He wants to make sure that he gets that house, so he's going to pay you 600 grand for it. How do people have that much cash? I just I don't Or uh, you know, maybe mom is a great artist and she puts up one of her pieces on Etsy. Okay, this this right here is is where I, I like this. Go on. Me personally, I think that piece of art is worth thirty grand, and that's what I'm willing to pay for it. You might like, have it listed for fifteen dollars. I think it's worth thirty grand. If you were, it's just listed for thirty grand. I mean, like I, I feel like yeah. I wouldn't be great at cheating if I was a booster, but I would be such a dick if I was the actual kid that they were after. Like I would, oh, yeah. I would probably find like the, the most, like, I don't know. I mean, it would probably be the art thing. I'd be like, I painted this for you. <laughs> it's, it's worth $20,000. Like this, you I'm, listen, Chris, we just need to know if you're going to commit or not, because if I get one more fucking macaroni necklace from you, I, I'm going to five. The, the price is now 25. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, so yeah, Josh, like all those ideas. So Josh Heupel comes in. I know a lot of, a lot of people are shitting on this hire. Um, it could work out. I don't think he has the best track record at UCF, considering they've gotten worse every year he's been there. But which, like, like you, that record declining every year, like at UCF, that's not really acceptable, right? Right. I mean, that seems like the best job to have in the G five. You're sitting in a talent rich state. You're getting three stars in Florida that aren't going to the big schools in the South are still yeah. really good players. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it works. He does have a son named Jace, which I think is going to be the worst name. I was going to say, I think that's going to be a, a plus. Oh, okay. Why, why is that? <laughs> I oh, met, man. I met a, um, a kid this weekend. It sounds really weird the way I'm bringing it up. Um, like a child. I mean, like, like, okay. I, I didn't meet, I didn't like set out to meet them. I was talking to one of my good friends who was at a kid's birthday party. He also has a kid. I could not be describing this worse at all. Up next on To Catch Chris a Predator. Hansen. Chris um, Hansen walking in the background here. Chris, why don't you have a seat right here? Eat this fucking real stale burnt cookie. So there was a kid named Brenlin, which I... Oh. That sounds like a car that won't start, and I could not have hated this child more. <laughs> um, anyway, no, like, like the hypo thing, I think like you're just looking for stability. I, I really think they should have gone like the Coach O route, and that seems that might just be like more idealistic, you know, and, and I'm not sure if it's like something you can execute, but what he was able to do at LSU, because 
you know, he's familiar with that, that state he's from there it, and it matters to him. And I think you have, you've had people come into Tennessee where like Kiffin's a good example. They've used it as a stepping stone and right. you have other coaches that you thought might be able to make the jump from like group of five or because their last name and, and take that next step into becoming a good coach. People really need to stop just hitching their wagons to anyone that's been a coach under Nick Saban. Right. At this point, like, let's look at the actual numbers here. It can't be like statistically cannot be like a, like a positive return on investment there. Must champ. Well, none of them have ever beat Nick either. And that's kind of like what's so funny about the all the turnover in the SEC is that it's like everyone thinks it's they, they want to be Alabama. You know, they want to get to right. the top. And it's like, well, none of the people that used to work for him have ever beat him. So, like, stop hiring them. Maybe yeah. go a different route. I, I, I think that, like, you definitely, from like an optic standpoint, you had to go offense because that was – just an absolutely miserable struggle for this team and this program over the past couple of years. You, you paid Jim Chaney. Um, I mean, I, honestly, now that I think about it, he, that's where the McDonald's bags came from. Um, he would just eat the food and then that a doubt. Yeah. Use the bag. Probably. Yeah. Just, you also got to fly a fish in there. Thank you. So, um, so you were going down the route of saying, you know, get someone from the state that it means a lot to like, who did you have in mind? So that was the extent of my plan. That that was the whole thing. Like, you, you know me, like I'm, I'm really good on like saying ideas, the execution, not my thing. Love um, it, like, I don't think Al Wilson necessarily is like a, a guy, but like that, that guy had like ferocity, like T Martin. I don't think that would yeah. have necessarily been like a bad hire. I was going to say T Martin. Yeah. Back up the fucking Brinks truck and, and convince Peyton to do it. You guarantee yourself getting Arch Manning. It, like can, imagine the excitement around that program. If Peyton Manning was the coach. Imagine the excitement around like college football in general. Like you would, you would be a, you would make the final cut for every single high, highly ranked quarterback and possibly recruit in not only the Southeast, but the entire country. Um, but yeah, instead you got Josh Heupel, who's Chum Lee, but shorter. Could have got Cutcliffe maybe. No, that is a bad idea. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I think that it was a necessary change and I'm glad they didn't do anything that was going to be remotely close to having their hand force from like the fan base, because we saw that went last time. And this is, this is going to be like a, a, a rebuild that like everyone's going to have to be in on. You're going to have to commit to it. Like, I'm not sure how many years it's going to take, but you just need to set expectations. And be like, here is where we are realistically. And it's going to take this long to get there. And these are the steps of how we're going to get there. Cause otherwise you can't, you can't just keep putting band-aids over shit. Trust me, man. Yeah. Band-aids are expensive. I, f- I feel like in this day and age, too, with uh, the early signing period, like, you come in, like, look at Auburn. You know, they, they had a, the 27th-ranked class because Harson came in super, super late. A bunch of people bailed on the class. You got to be committed to – and they're not really a dumpster fire like Tennessee or Florida State where – like, I've, I've been saying you got you to gotta commit to five years with this guy. Yes. Like, you can't, you can't give up after three because you're just going to stay in that cycle you know um so look you just you're gonna have to be patient it sucks these days like everyone wants everything now um but you're gonna have to stay patient tennessee fans i feel you this is almost exactly how i describe my parents paying for my last year of college which is like you got to commit to five it's not going to be three ever um (laughs) i'm kidding i paid for my my college but I, i agree with you man i totally agree with you and and i think that the change will be good. At least they'll have a better offense. The Cheney stuff, like having $1.6 million for an offense that never finished above 11th in the, in the conference. Um, 
yeah, I, I think I think it's nothing but but uh, but positive. I think um, changes moving forward. He's playing dodgeball and shit this weekend. Like I already like Hell him. Yeah. I already like him. Um, all right, so we are going to close out with uh, a couple of things that are familiar if you've listened to the pod before. Um, hope you guys enjoyed most of this. Tyler's about to fall asleep because we are recording this after the Super Bowl. It's eleven thirty on a Sunday on the Sabbath. Um, but we'll close out with a little bit of fourth and wrong, answer some of y'all's questions, uh, and then get to the uncensored moment of the week. I, I should have known something like this would happen. Um, we threw out a bunch of questions for fourth and wrong, and you guys, for our first episode, strictly, not, not like one question or a little bit, like a theme, just strictly wanted to talk about poop. And we're not going to do that. That's weird. Um, so we threw out a couple more questions as well. We'll save poop for the next time. Um, <laughs> the first question I have here from Joe Morrison, should guys expect a present on Valentine's Day? So, Joe, I'm going to take this one here. Um, no, you shouldn't. And uh, if you're married with kids, in my opinion, I don't think the, the uh, this is going to be controversial. I don't think you should be exchanging gifts with your significant other at all. I don't think Jesus she should get Christ. one either. It's all about the is kids. Claire listening right now? I, she, hopefully she never listens to this. Um, well, she's gonna find out on Valentine's Day when I don't get her a gift. <laughs> no, but when you have a, a kid in the mix, it's like, what's the point? You know, we're already bleeding money at daycare. Do I really? Why need to is get daycare you? so expensive? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, can't wait to have a second one. Double it up. But um, no, it's just like we're already trying to save money here. Does does is the hundred dollar gift that I get you really gonna like be worth it here? Like, let me. I'll get you some flowers. I'll get you a card. That's going to be the extent, okay? Wow, you and you don't like need to get me anything. I don't even right want now, anything. Really. I don't want anything. That answer was brought to you by White Oakley Sunglasses. <laughs> um, Is your name Chad? I Yeah, I mean, I, th- I guess that's fair. I, like, I'd say what, the best Valentine's Day I ever had, like, and that includes any time I've ever been dating someone or, or any of that kind of stuff. When I was 15, my parents, like, went out on date night for the night and left me 20 bucks and never came back. (laughs) Well, no, that was when I was like four, but um, that was different. That was just dad. So uh, no, but like Valentine's day, uh, they went out like on date night and they bought me Joe dirt on VHS, which was just a lovely evening, a pizza and a, and a two liter of Dr. Pepper. And I mean, like that is love brother. That is love. So I don't know if you should be expecting a gift, but like, I mean, you also like, I mean, they, you should, you should get something. I don't know. All right, whatever. Um, all right, second question from Michael Spencer Bilby, uh, one of the most um, consistent posters in the group, also the most obnoxious name. I live on a lake in New England that's frozen and now has 15 inches of snow on top. Should I cut holes in the ice and go ice fishing, buy snowshoes, and walk around the lake? That's, I don't know why that was even written down. Or shovel out a big area and water it to go ice skating? Mike, I want you to listen up. Here's the deal. One move. You should move. Yeah, you should a thousand percent move. That sounds awful. And like, if right. those are your only three options for entertainment, first Jeez. off, get a snuggie and stay inside. There's so many good things to watch on TV. I was mainly concerned about the ice skating because you threw that out there like it was just like a a hobby you could pick up and you would somehow already master. Ice skating is probably the most difficult sport that we don't take seriously in the world. It's impossible. It, it's a giant sheet of ice. You have a, a floppy Timberland boot that you have put on top of a thin blade. A, yeah, a thin a like, weapon. 
cut like cutco knife yeah hibachi knife and then you have to go put on like a sequin dress and go skate around and not fall yeah i'd say to stick with the first piece of information was you should probably just move yeah but it sounds lovely dunkin donuts is new england great tom brady's the goat um god you sound so jaded okay uh last question here we'll get to it um we're not gonna talk about do you go number two in public restrooms i obviously not i prefer not to it's it sounds awful it always is awful um but i do like the follow-up here which was worst place to worst place to poop so side note on the first one i went k through 12 without ever pooping at school this is unbelievable that was the test episodes were so good. And now here we are just running like a uh, worst place to poop. So for me, it's like when I would take a, when I go take a road trip, as we've mentioned, you know, I went to school in Tallahassee. So a bunch of my friends live in Florida. So when I go to visit them and I drive, I got to go through all these really terrible towns in South Georgia. Oh Yeah. And like p- trying to, you know, if, if it's like a desperate situation, you got to pull off to one of those gas stations. I mean, I think that's where coronavirus was invented in one of those places. I, and it's, I, I'm like throwing up in my mouth, almost thinking about it because it's had to happen before very poorly. Yeah. And it's uh yeah, that would probably be the worst place. I mean, I'm sure there's others, but I just, that's the first thing that get in my mind. Um, morning after we'll say you're at a new girlfriend's house. I cannot tell you how many fake showers I took in my, in my mid to late twenties. Um, after staying out too late the night before. Cause you've also like, that's like the time in your life where you're like, I mean, I guess not for you cause you don't drink Jaeger or have fun, but um, you've just filled your body with like bottom shelf vodka and trash for like four hours. Um, and then stayed at a stranger's house or vice versa. And then you just wake up like, Oh boy. Um, thank and God. The, and the feeling Uber. comes on quick, by the way. Yeah. It, I mean, thank Uber is such a godsend because you know, before that, you would have to. Nobody orders a taxi because this isn't like fucking nineteen seventies Jeremy Pruitt, New York. So you would have to drive drive them home. I, I would honestly like it would get to the point sometimes I'd be like, just take my car. I don't care. I don't need it. It's it's a Buick Regal. All right, we're finishing with this. It's the uncensored moment of the week. We'll keep it short and sweet here. Um, I, Jared Porter, GM of the Mets, sent uh, an illicit photo. Gotten some big. Tra- I think he's fired. Right. Definitely fired. Okay, didn't know. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah. if I, so no one told me that that was frowned upon. Um, sent a dick pic to a uh, a young lady he was pursuing. Honestly, I've never really understood dick pics just because it's, I don't, if they want to see it, if, if, if somebody wants to see that, they will ask for it, guys. We need to, we need to do a much better job of respecting women and, and not um, sending pictures of one of the least unsolicited. <laughs> Yeah, unsolicited. And it wasn't only unsolicited. And this is why we have to talk about it is because that was his response after the 60 second text he sent in a row that didn't get a response. You tell me, like, I, I understand the whole shoot your shot thing, but like, not in this case. Shoot your shot does not involve you sending a picture of your downstairs going to Lake Flaccid for the weekend and, and trying to win somebody over with that kind of Hail Mary. Stop doing this. Well, if I if I read the article correctly, Chris, just to correct you on one thing you said there, it was a, a naked erect penis. So a little different. It Regardless. wasn't. I mean, uh, no, but the, you're exactly right, Chris. I mean, you just I, I feel as though the normal human brain 
the way it should work is, you know, even if you have got to the point where you've sent 62 messages without response, your next thought probably should not involve leave the genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, at some point you just got to think, hey, this this probably ain't going to work out for me. Maybe I move on, you know, and uh, a lot of plenty of fish in the sea. And, and maybe they actually want to see. Oh, that's like Dr. Seuss over here. Love that. I was, I was going to say Dr. Phil because this is this is uh, just uh, more. I was I was talking about the rhyme. Um, yeah. So Jared Porter, uncensored person. Well, he wasn't uncensored for his little escapades. He's not sure. our MVP of the week, but he is our first winner of the uncensored moment of the week. Um, it's not a list you want to be on. So, congratulations, Jared Porter. Uh, congratulations, to you all for for listening. Hopefully, to this entire episode. Um, because, uh, as we, we figure things out and on the tail end of a Super Bowl, tired, you gotta get some sleep, but we appreciate it again. We will be doing this every single week. Um, we will have it up in its own feed. Make sure you go like review it. Um, tell us why you like Michigan or, and or dick pics. And, uh, and we will continue, I guess, uh, onto next week. Make sure you join the Facebook group as well. The SDS pod Facebook group. You can get all the info in there. Follow me, Vern Funquist, on Twitter and social media, as well as SCS. And also, Tyler, shout out where they can find you as well. Uh, it's not too tough to track me down. It's at Tyler Huck on Twitter. So there, you put the market on that name. All right. Yeah. We hope all of you have a fantastic week filled with white Oakley sunglasses and tons of gifts for your Valentine's Day. Love you all. <laughs>